Did you know you can find deep contentment without spending a dollar or changing one thing about your day, your family, or your life? In addition to inner peace, you'll have more joy, more gratitude, and be a better example for your family and friends. How? By stopping your grumbling. Now, our family recently took on the grumble-free challenge. Yes, a whole year of trying to go grumble-free. 12 months, 11 family members, and one impossible goal. In our book, I share the things we did right, the things we didn't do right at all, but how God changed us in the process. Now, if you pre-order before November 5th, I have some wonderful pre-order gifts for you. Just go to thegrumblefreeyear.com and you'll see all the information. Don't you want to go grumble-free? Now we're going to be talking to Kat Armstrong today. She is the co-founder and executive director of Polished, a network that gathers young professional women to navigate career and to explore faith together. Kat has this message of, look what God has for you. Embrace your identity. See how much God has in store for you as a minister of the gospel because she has seen these questions over and over again. She has had these questions herself. And I have to admit, even as a Christian writer and speaker, um, what, at times when I'd have these book contracts, I'm like, do they know that I'm just a mom <laughs> living in the middle of nowhere who is sitting down with my Bible in my living room with these kids running around? Do they know that it's just me. And I remember one time very clearly, um, it was actually when I got the contract for my first book from dust and ashes. And I remember looking at that contract being so overwhelmed, like, uh, they, they don't know, like, they don't know. I'm just this mom and they don't know. They don't have a, a biblical degree or a history, his, a degree in history. And how am I going to get this right? And I was, um, working on that novel, which is inspired by true events from the liberation of a concentration camp. And as all these thoughts were going through my mind, I remember thinking like, oh no, am I going to get all the facts right? Am I going to get the history right? And is the writing going to be good enough? Um, and I'm not qualified to do this. I'm not qualified to write about the liberation of a concentration camp. I felt God whispering to my spirit. And he said, I am your great liberator. I opened the gates. I freed you from sin. I unchained you from darkness. Write about that. Write about the liberation and all the other stuff, all the history, um, interviewing veterans, talking to Holocaust survivors that came along with it. But really, it was the message deep in my heart and deep in my soul that resonated with people. And we're going to be talking about that. We are going to be talking about with Kat about our identity and understanding who we are and how God sees us. Because as women, that will change everything. I know you're going to enjoy this conversation today. You're listening to Walk It Out with Trisha Goyer, where we discover what it looks like to follow God and be swept away on the journey of a lifetime. Author of over 70 books, mom of 10, yes, 10, homeschooler and speaker, Trisha Goyer will explore what radical obedience to God's word looks like. It's time to hear from God lovers who've dared to say yes. Listen in to heart-to-heart chats and learn how others overcame doubts and fears. Discover how God used ordinary people to impact others one step at a time. 
If you're ready to get radical, get going, and make a difference in this world, you're at the right place. Here's your host, prolific writer, world traveler, people lover, and mega nap taker, Trisha Goyer. Well, friends, in Walk It Out today, we are going to be talking about stepping out as a woman of God. And sometimes it gets scary. We figure out what are we supposed to do? What are we supposed to say? I know in ministry, so many times we have questions on, are women are supposed to lead? Are we supposed to be ministers of the gospel? We're going to be talking about all those things today. But first, I want to introduce you to my new friend, Kat Armstrong. So welcome, Kat. Thank you so much for having me, Tricia. Oh, I'm so glad you're here. And I would just love, just start by sharing a little bit about yourself with my listeners. Sure. Yeah, well, I'm married. I've been married 17 years to Aaron Armstrong. And um, he's just the love of my life. And we've got one kiddo named Caleb. And he is on his second day of first grade today when we're recording the show. And um, he is just, he's, he's like the word police around our house. Trisha, he's, he's remembers everything we say and exactly when we said it. And, um, so I don't know if he's going to be a future attorney. I don't know, but he (laughs) smart little dude. He just came to faith in Jesus a couple Mm. weeks ago and he's probably the highlight of our summer, um, and the highlight of the year really. So that's a little bit about my family. My mom lives with us. My father tragically passed away a couple years ago and, so we're a big, happy family here, learning to live together. Um, and yeah, I, we're, my husband's the lead pastor at Dallas Bible Church. So we've been in vocational ministry for quite some time. And he's been the lead pastor for four years. So although I've been a pastor's wife for many years at different places, this is the first time as the lead pastor's wife. And um, so we're kind of navigating that and just loving the people of Dallas Bible Church. They're incredible to us. And then I work full-time. I'm the executive director of Polished Ministries, and I'm coming up on my 12th year. It's, it's just crazy to think about, but um, we are a nonprofit ministry that is evangelism-focused. And so we're trying to share the gospel with young professional women who feel far away from God, disconnected from the local church, and we meet them right where they are in their workday through our networking events that are national you know, we've got a national network where people can follow our stuff. And so, yeah, th- those are all the parts of my life. I love that. And I love that you're reaching out to young women in the workplace. And I think I heard you on Jamie Ivey's um, podcast. And I was like, oh, cheering you on. It was Aww. one of the podcasts. And you're just sharing about that. And I think that is so important because I think it's such a critical time in life. And, you know, you're trying to connect with people and um, you just need that those godly influences to, to you know talk about the Bible and really um, reach out and ask those questions of faith. I'm a mom of seven girls, so yes, I'm all about young women, um, just you know learning to be um, in God's word and learning about Him. And I just love that you're going where they are. I think that is so important. Thank you. Yeah, we had a great conversation with Jamie Ivy. I mean, she's been a big supporter of Polished. Obviously, we've got an Austin chapter near where she lives. Uh, but I think what we're all seeing is that there's just a need for us to go, you know, God says to go and make disciples of all the nations, all people groups everywhere. And we've just chosen at Polish to reach our peers. That's really what it is. It was created by young professional women for young professional women. And we want to make sure that women who may not have the opportunity to get to a Bible study midweek or on a Sunday morning, or if you're disconnected, that they can be connected to Jesus. 
Yeah. And I guess I know there's groups, there's church groups and Bible studies and, and mops groups, but those are often during the day when people are at work or, you know, some of these young professional women don't have kids, so they're not going to connect with the mops group. So I love that you are doing that. And I think it's, it's so important just to reach those young women um, in a critical time in their life. And my oldest daughter is actually um, a missionary in the Czech Republic and she's a new mommy and they get, listen to this cat. They get three years paid maternity leave there. Oh, which just like blows well, me I'm packing away. Up. I'm just kidding. I know. <laughs> no, I don't start any rumors, Trisha. I have. I think our family might be complete, and so I'm not going to start any rumors. But that's inc- I didn't. I've never heard of that. Yeah, and so she's really connecting with the young moms that have um, their kids at home because there's no daycares. Like there's no daycares in the country because they get three years paid maternity leave. But wow. they're meeting at parks, and she's just finding it, it. Really, is just whatever stage in life women are going to them, connecting with them, going to coffee, sitting around a park, going to the workplace. I think that is so important, um, and I just love that you're doing that. Hmm. It's fun. It's really a joy to serve. I mean, you and I both know that well. I many times can't count my blessings. They're too many because Mm -hmm. I I just am humbled by the opportunity to share my faith with anybody. And the the people that I get to work with are so incredible. The team here at our headquarters in Dallas and then our hundreds of volunteers spread across the nation. I just, these women are extraordinary and I'm really humbled to serve. That is so awesome, which I think leads perfectly into um, talking about your book, which is uh, No More Holding Back. And um, the subtitle is Emboldening Women to Move Past Barriers, See Their Worth, and Serve God Everywhere, which this is what we're talking about. We're talking about either the Czech Republic with moms or in the workplace or in our churches, I think so important. But I would love for you just to share like why this message became so important to you. Yeah, I mean, it it was kind of like the perfect storm in some ways. I think I've been trying to steward this message in different ways. And it wasn't until a couple summers ago, when my friend Sharon Miller just poignantly asked me, are you going to steward this message in a book? And I said, well, I don't think so. (laughs) And she said, well, I'm surprised. You know, this is God's obviously given you a message and we want to do everything we can to make sure people hear about the saving news of Jesus Christ. And then secondarily, that uh, women are included in God's mission and we need to commission them to go and reach their peers. And so she really challenged me. So I think it was that. I think it was my father just passing away. Um, you know, anytime you lose someone that you love, and especially if it's tragic, uh, I mean, you just really get introspective. What do I want from life? What do I want the rest of my life to be? And you know, what new things do I want to start? What things do I want to say no to? And so I think the combination of, of those things, but for, like I said, for the last 11 years, I've been serving young professional women and keep hearing their testimony of feeling left out of, of service to God because they're not married. They don't have kids. They're not living those two really revered roles in the Christian circle. And so I've heard a lot of that. I've also heard from C-level executive women that are CEOs, CMOs, you name it, that are now in their 50s, 60s, and 70s that are commenting, you know, there wasn't a place for me as a professional woman. It was, they were innovators um, working and also having families or working and not having a family, whatever the case may be. And just saying, I really wish I had had polished when I was, you know, in my 20s, 30s, and 40s. And so I started to connect some dots. and. Um, 
then you know how it works. All of the things you're hearing externally helps you process what the Holy Spirit is trying to teach you personally. And for me, I was struggling with Jesus's greatest commandment. I mean, Mm -hmm. I kept reading it. It's in multiple gospels. The most important thing to love God with heart, soul, mind, and strength. I've heard it a million times. But as I was journaling through that passage, I remember circling heart and soul and thinking, you know what? Women are the heart and soul of our society and community. And, you know, women are incredible. And I think I'm more comfortable with women loving God with their heart and soul. But mind and strength, I'm struggling with these things. And, um, Maybe it was eight years at Dallas Seminary, or maybe it's being a pastor. I don't know what it is, but I felt like, gosh, I'm holding something back from God because I know I should be learning more about the scriptures and theology. I know I should be a force, you know, against the evil forces in our world. But I kind of feel like loving God with your mind and strength is men's work. And so I really had to wrestle with, wait a minute, this is the greatest commandment. Nothing in here is about men or women. This is about all Jesus followers. And so as I started to process how I have what I call gendered the greatest commandment, I started to see all the pieces come together. Maybe maybe this has influenced a lot of people and maybe we need to blow the lid off this thing and love Jesus with our all and just like unreservedly say, anything God wants me to do, I'm going to follow him. And that's kind of where I am right now. Yeah, that is so good. And I love how you bring about your mind and your strength and um, just really knowing and understanding God's word. I I mean, I grew up, my mom and my grandma became Christians when I was in second grade. So grew up going to Sunday school. We were there every week, heard all the Bible stories. Um, And then when I was a young mom, I attended, our church had some like um, Bible classes and I remember going and I had no idea if Abraham lived before or after David or yes. I mean, if I mean, I, nothing. I mean, yeah. I remember just being blown away that there's like an actual whole story and all these people. And just, I mean, ever since then, I've just been in God's word. I try every morning and I'm just every day I'm learning something. I'm digging in and that's just me in my home because it's my own desire. And, you know, that comes out in my speaking and writing, whatever, but so many times we, I mean, I think even in churches, we're just hitting the high points. We're just hitting the familiar Bible stories instead of really getting there and digging in and understanding and really then realizing that this applies to every part of our lives and that women have a voice in that, which is I love your message there. Yeah, I think for me personally, I think it was being in seminary and just being worried that Mm -hmm. somehow I could learn too much. And, you know, I think that's my insecurities. I think in part it had to do with maybe some cultural messages I heard in certain places. I think there are a lot of contributing factors, but the the bottom line is that I wasn't applying the scriptures to my life. I was kind of saying, well, I guess the guys will take care of that part. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm hoping that the message of no more holding back will just embolden women to be all in for Jesus and to say, you know what? I do need to join a Bible city. I do need to be invested in learning about theology. I need to ask hard faith questions. I need to join my brothers in Christ in the good work they're doing and partner with them. Um, And I don't need to reserve. I don't need to walk on eggshells when it comes to my faith. I need to run really fast. And I think for professional women, a lot of them experience that in the workplace, you know, where people are telling them to power up constantly, give mm-hmm. more, try harder, um, new goals, set new goals, stretch yourself. And for some reason, 
that like mental architecture doesn't transfer over to our faith that we need to know, know, like know God, not just of him, but know him. And then I think out of that, you and I know that the Holy Spirit will take the word of God and then make us forces to fight against evil, whether it is protecting the vulnerable, speaking up for the voiceless, doing missions overseas, working a corporate job where you're influencing culture, you know, whatever it may be that we, we become strong in the Lord. And so then we have to steward our strength well. Um, But they're just, I've really, I think, focused on heart and soul and not so much mind and strength. Yeah, that's so good. But we talk about the commissioned and, you know, women are commissioned just like men are commissioned to go and spread the gospel. But if we don't know God's word, then we're really not going to reach out because we're fearful of what if people ask questions? What are they going to say? And I think the more that I'm in God's word, not that I always have all the answers, but I have a foundation and I have truth that I can come back to. And God's word will stir in my mind if someone's asking a question and I could say, oh, you know, this is what I read this morning and just share from our lives. But I think when we are just doing our five minute devotion um, as we're laying in bed, that someone pulled out a scripture and a thought that's not really preparing us to be able to go talk to our neighbor or the lady in the next cubicle. Um, so I love that, that we have to sharpen our mind to be good commissioners, I guess, to go out into the world. Yeah, I think what you're you're really hitting on, crew, uh, campus crusade, formerly Campus Crusade for Christ, now called Crew, they have partnered with Polish to help train us on effective mm-hmm. evangelism outreach and what's working right now with the, the age and demographic we're trying to reach. And they talk about that, just having authentic conversation about your personal experience in the scriptures that day, what God has been doing in your life in that season is so effective. And so what you're hitting on is that if we're in the word on a regular basis, studying for ourselves, inevitably, it's going to come up in conversation. And the way I always help people understand is it's just like podcasts. So you'll start listening to Trisha's podcast. And then all of a sudden (laughs) you'll find yourself going, did y'all just listen to the one where she had... Um, Margaret Feinberg on and they were talking about the table and how she couldn't cook when they first got married. And, you know, you'll find yourself, I'll bring you up in conversation, Trisha, because I just Mm -hmm. heard your podcast and someone will say something. And all of a sudden my conscience subconscious will be like, Oh, that's like when Trisha said that on the podcast and I'll bring it up. Well, it's the same way with Jesus. When we are so invested in a conversation with Jesus, we can't help talk about him. Yeah, I love that so much. And um, I think it's so important. Like I'm raising my girls up now. We have um, one in college. She's in her second year and six still at home. And, you know, after we adopted them, you know, we're bringing them home, homeschooling them. First thing I do is get out the Bible. And they're like, what does this, you know, they weren't raised in Christian homes. We're like, why do we have to learn this? I'm like, this is the most important thing. We'll get to the math. We'll get to the science. We'll get to the history. But you need to know God's word. And I just love pouring into my girls. Um, And I have a little guy, too, that I'm homeschooling. He is only eight. He would just love playing with your little friend, your little guy, Caleb, they would have so much fun. But I want my kids to know the word of God, but I also know as women, they're going to face stuff. So let's talk about this. Let's talk about some of the things that women have to face is different um, than men when it goes to getting out there and speaking or teaching or sharing the gospel. Yeah, I think probably the big one for me that I've been really thinking about um, recently, I'm doing a 21 day prayer guide online and just have really been thinking about what is it right now that I'm working through with the Lord. And I I do talk a lot about this in the book 
is that I think for strong women, if I could just speak to the the woman who feels like she has sharp convictions when it comes to the gospel, maybe she's got some prophetic leanings, whether you believe in prophecy right now or not, you, you seem to be a truth teller. Maybe your personality is, is strong and that people know where you stand on issues of justice, or maybe you're just a really good leader, you know, and you find mm-hmm. yourself, whether it's in mops or at church or in homeschool settings, you find yourself leading other people. Um, I think for that group of women, um, I can relate to some of those things. And I think I was just concerned that I could be too strong. And trying to figure out like, where is the line for a godly Christian woman? How strong is too strong? And I do think that's an issue that we face right now when we feel commissioned by God, empowered by His Holy Spirit, and we're in the Word. And we want to honor the scriptures. We want to honor our brothers in Christ. You know, we want to honor our church structures. So all of that's in place. Um, But even within that, I think we're questioning at a base level, the strong women how strong is too strong. Mm-hmm. And so I finally came to the point where after rereading every time the word strong is used in the New Testament, literally looking up every single time it's used and all the different Greek words that translate into the word strong, I really came to the conclusion that you can't be too strong of a woman if you're strong in Jesus. We can mm-hmm. be strong in other things, personality, all sorts of other things. But if you're strong in Jesus, there's no limit. Like we can't, we can't be too, if you were just to take um, Paul's, uh, to the two places where Paul talks about spiritual gifts in Romans 12 and then 1 Corinthians 12, he has two different lists. He goes through a bunch of them. If you were just a strong woman and you go back to those two passages and you work your through way through each one of them saying, I can't be too hospitable. I can't be too merciful. I can't be too full of faith. I can't heal too many people. Like we, we can't outshine God's glory and using right. our gifts and for him. And so I think for me, that, that was a message that I had to work through. Um, and I think a lot of women are struggling with that. Like how strong is too strong? And then we get some, we get some messages um, inside the church and then internally in our own insecurities about, you know, how, if I'm married, how will this impact my marriage relationship? If I'm a mom, how does this impact my kids? If I'm um, working, how does it impact my employer? You know, all of our, all parts of our life are connected. And so women, I think like me are concerned, oh, it, it does being strong mean I won't be submissive to my husband. And that's not the case because Jesus is the best example of someone who was the most powerful person literally in the world um, and who willingly chose to go to the cross in submission to his father and to give his life away. And so Jesus was submissive and strong all at the same time. I think that's a big one, Trisha, for women, just to understand that we can be both. Yeah, that is such a good example. Um, I also love the example that you gave um, in the book where you talked about the difference, because a lot of people go back to the the scripture about Eve and about um, you know women not being weaker and not um, well, you know, you can explain it better to me than me, but, um, and then you compare it to Mary Magdalene, how she was the first one that Jesus appeared to. And so, you know, so many times we talk about, you know, their women are the weaker sex and all those sorts of things, but Mary was the first one that 
Jesus commissioned. And just reading that, in fact, I was Skyping with my daughter in the Czech Republic cafe. I'm like, you got to read what I'm, or listen to what I'm reading in Kat's book. And she's like, mom, I want that book after you're done. I'm like, okay, I'll save it for you. But I would just love for you to share about that too. Cause that goes back to it too. Um, about so many times when it does talk about, you know, women is the weaker sex. Um, but then Jesus, the way he viewed women, the way he commissioned women, the way he just surrounded himself with women really shows us his heart. Yeah, without a doubt. I mean, Trisha, first of all, I'm like so giddy that your daughter might be reading it in Czech Republic. <laughs> I think that's really kind of cool. I'm just going to geek out for a moment as a rookie author. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think when we look back on our faith history, Unfortunately, everyone who came before us was a human, just mm-hmm. like us, and they're they're fallible people. They're not like God, who's just perfect and never makes mistakes. And so some of our early church fathers did us a disservice. Doesn't mean that they weren't interpreting the scriptures under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit or that we shouldn't learn from them, but we can look back with grace and compassion, but also some realism and look at our early church fathers and notice a trend that many of them thought of women um, negatively. And mm-hmm. it shows up in a lot of their quotes and their their early writings about the scriptures. And much of that surrounded around Eve failing us in the garden. And she did. She failed us. She um, was probably standing right next to Adam when he was told not to eat the fruit. And um, she disobeyed, um, whether she heard it from Adam or, or we don't know. We weren't there, but we do know that that Eve fumbled the truth that God had given her. He said not to eat the fruit, and she did it. When the serpent um, brought some doubt-filled questions, cunning questions to her, she was deceived. And so I think when you combined my personal insecurities about, oh, how far is too far to serve God? And, you know, where's the line for strong women? And should women just focus on heart and soul and not mind and strength? And then you add in early church fathers' views, and then you add in Eve. And man, I'm just like, are women destined to fail? Can they even be trusted with important information? Should they even be leading? And I think I was there for a long time, and it wasn't until I started studying how Genesis and John are parallel works. So many Old Testament and New Testament scholars agree that you could read those two books side by side because you know, Genesis starts with in the beginning Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and then John starts with in the beginning. And so Moses and John are signaling us, Hey, these two books are proving that Jesus is Messiah. And so John in his gospel, he builds towards chapter 20 when Jesus rises from the dead. And it's just this incredible moment in our faith history. Jesus conquers death. Like that's the message of John chapter 20. We don't ever want to lose that. But sometimes what we lose is that second to Jesus being the message that he's alive in John chapter 20, it's that Mary Magdalene was the first to, to be the messenger of that news. She was the, the first person that Jesus revealed himself to. And then he commissions her to go and tell her brothers that he is risen from the dead. And she does. She's obedient with that information. And so I remember coming on her story for the first time, similar to, you know, what you just shared, I came to faith at 16. Mm-hmm. So I, I didn't know Moses and Abraham. And yeah. even when I started seminary, I was like, I don't even know. I know Genesis is first. So <laughs> um, we can start there even when I started seminary. So, but when I started looking at Mary's story, I started realizing, you know, there are a lot of setting literary elements mm-hmm. in both stories 
that we can look at and see how God's redeeming part of Eve's story. Um, so there, I talk about the contrast in the book about how you know Eve was inside of the garden and Mary Magdalene was at the garden tomb. The tomb of Jesus was actually in a garden, but she came from outside the garden. And in Eve's story, you know, the lights had been turned down. God had already created light. But in, in Mary's story, she, John tells us she came when it was still dark outside. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, there's all these elements going on that the Jewish first century readers would have picked up on that maybe I miss because I'm here <laughs> in this time. And so I think the message, Trisha, if I could tell anybody listening to our conversation, it's that we're not destined for failure. So any, any faith mothers, church mothers of our history that haven't stewarded the gospel well, that doesn't mean we won't. We are empowered by the Holy Spirit. And Jesus died to, to put some of these curses to bed. Um, and he wants to use us for good purposes. Um, and so we don't have to, I think for a while, I just pictured myself in the garden, like Eve, And I feel like I kept hearing from the enemy, you're just like your mother, just Mm. like your mother Eve. Instead, I think we should hear Jesus's voice compassionately talking to Mary Magdalene saying, go and tell your brothers that I am alive. And so I'm going to, I'm going to put more emphasis there than I did on Eve. Um, But I'm going to recognize she is a part of our faith history. We have to watch out. And the New Testament talks all about that. We got to be careful about what we believe. Yeah, it's so good. But I love that. Just just having that echo, go tell your brothers, go tell your sisters, go tell that I'm alive. And that's where it needs to start. And that's what we need to be telling our kids, whether they're male or female, to go, to go and spread the gospel. And it's adorable. You know, I always say it's adorable when my daughter is eight and saying, I want to be a missionary someday. And then when she's 20 and just graduates with her bachelor's and it's like, I'm moving to Europe. And I'm like, wait, wait, wait a minute. Yeah. This is like, you're too young. You're too, you're a girl. Yeah. We're going to send a girl overseas. But she, I mean, God put it on her heart and God provided. And it's just been amazing to see, you know, with all my adult kids that God will use their stories and we can't hold them back, whether they're male or they're female. And we want great things for our kids. We want them to be able to be ministers of the gospel. And I think also we're the best examples for that. You know, when we are out there, when we're spreading the good news. So let's talk about the mind and the strength. How do you encourage women to use their mind and their strength, not only their heart and their soul? Yeah, I think for anyone wondering, well, you know, maybe I'm learning so much about the Bible that I'm outpacing my husband right now, or mm. I'm outpacing a, a, a guy leading our small group at church, or I'm outpacing the college leader at our church, or maybe you know, you're so far deep into a theological education that you're like, I'm about to get a PhD. I mean, what do I do now? I'm so well educated and I need to steward this information. So I think there's, there's that whole conversation of, we got to figure out how God has gifted us and then give everything we have back to him for Mm -hmm. the good of all people. But I think as it relates to our mind, we, I think what I found in Romans 12 about how God can regenerate our mind and basically help us repurpose our own thoughts to align with God, it really means we've got to stay open to new ideas. And I do not mean departing from Orthodox Christian views that have been tested over thousands of years. So it's not that. I'm just saying keeping an open mind to what we're reading in the scriptures and consistently asking ourselves, is this truth? 
and testing it and comparing it and looking it up for ourselves, women need to be doing that as much as, as much as men are. And I think for the women who listen in and go, I have a lot to contribute to the conversation. Well, we need your voice. I can't tell you how many times I'll sit down with male leaders that I greatly respect and we'll start talking about a passage of scripture and I'll start sharing about, you know, I was just rereading that story about Dinah and how she was suffered all this trauma and her dad, Jacob, was silent about it. And it, it really, really bothered me. And a faith leader was like, wait, I never thought about that dynamic. I've always thought about Jacob, the, the tribal leader and the Old Testament, you know, all these different things. And I'm like, yeah, I mean, what if that was our daughter? I mean, that, so I think that when we love God with all of our mind, we start talking about the scriptures, learning about who God is. And then we need to feel compelled to have a conversation with our brothers in Christ about it so that we can collaborate together, partner with them. And um, I think we see this even some of our most favorite pastors, you know, they collaborate with other people and bring a message to you. And you're thinking, you know what, that can't be just him or just her. I bet you a lot of voices spoke into that. And so I'm hopeful that this next generation of women will put their voices forward so we can read the scriptures together. And then I think for strength, man, women just, we have so much power to influence our children and society and culture. Um, and we've been doing it there. We have a long faith history of being on the front lines of mission work, Bible translation, building the church. And we need to keep doing that. And so I'm seeing a lot of young professional women leave the church and feel a lot of eroded trust in faith leaders. And I'm just like sounding the alarm. Come home, come home, come home. We need your voice. We need your participation. We, we don't have it together still. Um, your eroded trust has like, there's, there's reason for that. But come home to us and help us um, be a part of what God's doing here on earth. So I think loving God with our mind and our strength means women applying their voices to the scriptures and their minds. And then I think strength-wise, we need you to participate, to build the body of Christ. And without you, we're not the same. Mm, that is so good. One of my favorite things to do um, with my kids, especially my girls, is we read those YWAM, um, Youth with a Mission, missionary stories. And yeah. there is the most amazing ones with women. Gladys Alward, I think, is one of our favorites, and Corey Tinboon. And these are ordinary women, but like Gladys, she wanted to be a missionary to China. No one would accept her, so she bought her own train ticket and went there and <laughs> yes, showed up did. on someone's door. And you know, later she talks about you know going into a prison and telling the prisoners to put their machetes down. I mean, she was such yep. a strong woman. And so it's not just us in this generation saying, hey, we have something to share. We need to be strong and bold. Mm -hmm. But it, there's so many women um, in history that just felt compelled to go and do what God asked. And when we are in God's word and when his Holy Spirit is speaking to our heart and we see where it says go into the gospel or care for the orphan and the widow or, you know, serve the poor, all these things that's stirring and is our call. It's our call in that moment to step out and do something um, and to make a difference and to walk it out is what I love to encourage people to do. But it does come to, you know, believing what God's word says and then doing it, knowing that if we, if he calls us to that, if he is putting it in our mind, he's also going to give us the strength to step out, 
to do the hard thing. And it will be hard and it won't always be pretty and it won't be easy. And there'll be people who question us. Um, and we might not have all the answers in that moment, but we just need to step out and do what God's asking. And I think that is so important. And one thing that I've been loving, you, you talked about when you sit down and say, I was just reading this morning. And one of my things I've been doing lately for years and years, I read through the Bible in a year. So it's like, you know, four to five chapters a day. And um, this year I've been reading like one verse and then just really digging in like, okay. So, you know, I've been reading about Zachariah and it talks about, um, you know, he was made um, mute. And so then I'm like, well, in the Bible, there's other verses. In Ezekiel and Isaiah, it talks about God shutting their mouths for disbelief mm-hmm. and just writing those down. But, you know, then later with my husband or different friends or, like you said, pastors, I'm able to share those things. But if I'm not in God's Word and if I'm not taking the time, whether it's reading four chapters a day to read through the Bible or to read one verse in that morning and really dig into it, then I can't even join the conversation. Like, I have nothing, nothing to share. So we can't be strong if we don't have the wisdom and if we aren't, um, you know, taking it into our minds. Yeah. And it's not, you're so right. It's not strong to just be strong. And I think we, we get that message from culture and that's, that's not what I hope for our, mm-hmm. our women. You know, what I hope is that we're strong in the Lord, that when people hear our names, they think, Ooh, Trisha and Kat, those women, man, they have Bible conviction. Like they, they think the word of God is true. Or when they think of our names, they think, you know what? We know those two women, they're going to pray. We know that they're going to know the word of God. We know they're going to stick up for the vulnerable. We know that they're going to take care of their family. You know, that's, I hope we build this reputation like our early church mothers, um, because we've got so many examples. I love that with your people, you're reading those YWAM stories and Mm -hmm. talking about missionaries, because sometimes younger generations feel like they're brand new to the world as if it's never been thought about before. (laughs) There's no history that came before us. And, you know, when you start looking at the new Testament and you go to it and you think, how did women contribute to build the kingdom of God? And if you were just to go through the new Testament doing that, it it would be shocking for women to see we're, we're all over those pages. And we've been partnering with our brothers since literally the beginning of the church to build it with them. And um, I think of Lydia from Acts chapter 16. Mm -hmm. She's one of my favorites, just how she heard the word of truth that God opened her heart. She placed her faith in Christ with Paul and Silas and Timothy and Luke. And then she goes back to her house. She gets her family. They all come to faith. They all get baptized. They plant a church in her home. And after they're released from the Philippian jailer, they find refuge in her house before they move on to plant another church. But, you know, that's just one example of so many. It's like if, if we like reading the book of Romans, well, we have Phoebe to thank. You know, Phoebe brought that letter to the Christians in Rome and she read it to that house church. And so I think there we have a lot that we need to go back to the scriptures and look for female voices and find our identity um, in some of that rather than kind of the modern ideas of what a woman should be. Yeah. Oh, such good stuff. We could talk about this all day. <laughs> I mean, I would just love to continue that, but I know, um, yeah, there's so many more things and they could pick up your book. They could read more yeah. and they could start conversations. Like I said, just me already reading that. I'm already having conversations with my daughter who is, you know, 
serving on the other side of the world. We're having conversations about this and she was excited about it. So I just love that we can have these conversations with the, the young women, especially in our lives and just share um, that God has good plans for them and he needs mm-hmm. them to be yeah. strong in mind and spirit in all those ways. But Kat, I just really appreciate you being here today, sharing your heart, the message that you're giving. I love how you're just helping those women in the corporate setting. So, so many good things. I'm just so thankful for you. Mm. Well, I, I'm sitting here smiling from ear to ear, Trisha. So I just, I feel, um, I've been following your work for a while. So I just was kind of ecstatic when you reached out. And so I just want to say thank you. Thank you for the way that you build up women and have done so for for a long time. And so really grateful to talk with you. Mm, that's wonderful. So let us know where can people go to find more information about you and all you're doing? Yeah, go to my website. It's catarmstrong.com. And if you're listening and you're like, I need polished to come to my city. Like I want to start a polished chapter, reach young professional women in my area. If you want to be a catalyst for sharing the gospel in your city, I want to hear from you. So I've got a whole page devoted to, we've got a polished podcast. We've got a, a network. Um, we've got local events all over the nation. You just let us know. I want to hear from you. And then, you know, I my favorite thing to do is to talk about Jesus from the scriptures. So if folks are looking for a retreat speaker, conference speaker um, for their women's groups, they can find info there. And then of course, everything about the book, no more holding back. There's the book, there's a six week study guide, there's DVDs that accompany the study guide. And I've got a 21 day prayer guide free online um, for folks that you know want to pray through some of these scriptures that I talk about in the book. I love that. I'm going to point my daughter there. Um, even today, as soon as we get off, I'm going to send awesome. her over there. <laughs> well, thank you, Kat, so much for be here, being here. I really appreciate you. Thanks, Trisha. Don't you just love Kat? Don't you just love how she is inspiring and motivating and encouraging women to step out and be the women that God called them to be, that they are not lessers, that they don't have to stand in the shadows, that God has a message that he wants to share in them and through them to a world that needs to hear it. Now, today's Walk It Up verse is Luke 1, actually a couple of verses, um, Luke 1, 46 through 48. And this is Mary's song. So after um, the angel comes and tells Mary, Mary, hey, what? Guess what? You're going to have a baby and it is going to be the son of God. And immediately she says, um, I will do it. Okay. I don't know how this is going to work out, but I am in for it. And so then later she visits Elizabeth and Again, Elizabeth, the baby leaps in Elizabeth's womb, just to give you some backstory here in Luke 1. And um, Elizabeth, woman speaking to women, says, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child you will bear. And just realizing what God has called her to, like I think it's sinking in even a little bit more here. This is Mary's song, and this is um, our verse for today. So Mary said, My soul glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. 
from now on, all generations will call me blessed for the mighty one has done great things for me. Holy is his name. And I actually just kept reading. So it's through verse 49. I couldn't stop. It's so good. But I love that. My soul glorifies the Lord. He has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed for he has done great things for me. That's a little bit paraphrased there the second time around. But as Mary, God wants us to be mindful of who we are in our humble state. Yes, we are humble, but he has called us to great things. And so that's what I want to pray for all of us today. Dear God, we just come to you now and I just thank you so much that you see women, that you care for women, that you you call women to be ministers of the gospel. And um, in the Bible, women are valued. You saw women, you love them, you reached out to them and you had them proclaim your gospel to others. Um, the very first one that saw you after the tomb, you told her, go and tell others that I am alive. And I love that. I love that you use women. I pray, Lord, that even now when we are feeling like maybe we're too much or maybe we're not enough or maybe we're not going to get the messages right or maybe no one's going to listen because I'm just a mom sitting at home um, trying to take these words in your in your Bible and share it with others, that all those negative thoughts that you will just push them out of our mind. And instead, that our soul will glorify you. Our spirit will rejoice in you. We will realize your mindfulness of us and who you have called us to be. And I do pray, Lord, that generations coming after us, whether it's in our home, whether it's in our community, whether it is beyond um, in our world, that we will be able to glorify you and be used by you to spread the gospel. I pray that we never may we may never step back from this calling because of our own fears and worries, but step forward knowing how valued we are in your eyes. I thank you so much for Cat Lord. I thank you for all she is doing to help professional women. I thank you for her speaking and teaching and guiding and leading us so we will know the truth of your gospel for us, for our lives. So just bless her and bless her ministry. And I pray that you may be glorified as we step out and accept this challenge in your name we pray. Amen. Well, friend, thank you so much for tuning in to Walk It Out Again. Kat's book is No More Holding Back. And I love that. Ties side by side with Walk It Out. Uh, Walk it out and don't hold back. Keep going. Follow God. Ask him um, to show you who you can reach out to today because it's really going to make a difference. Um, Friend, be sure to share this episode. If you know someone who you just want to encourage a friend to take those steps to follow God's dreams for her, to do the hard things, um, send her a link to this episode and let her know like, hey, I think you're going to love this conversation between Trisha and Kat. I can see God doing great things in you. I know she will be encouraged. So be sure to share the episode um, with a friend. You can always look at at walkitoutpodcast.com to find all the links to everything that we talked about today, whether it's this episode or any other episode. And then drop me a note. You can always email me at hello at trishagoyer.com. And I would love to hear from you. Maybe you have a guest that you think, oh my goodness, Trisha will love talking to my friend or someone I know or someone who's really inspired me. Drop me a note and let me know. Also, I love connecting on social media. I love Facebook. I love Instagram. So be sure to follow me there. 
On Facebook, I'm author Trisha Goyer and on Instagram, Trisha Goyer. So pretty much just put in my name and I'll pop up and I would love to connect with you. But thank you so much for tuning in, whether this is your first episode or you've listened to many. I really appreciate you taking the time, um, listening, being inspired and sharing with others. I pray that you'll have a wonderful week and be blessed. Thanks for listening to Walk It Out. Head over to the show notes for this podcast and all past episodes at www.walkitoutpodcast.com. If you love the show, share it with someone you know who can make a radical difference in the world. We love new friends. See you next time.